This podcast is a production of America Matters Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the America Matters Media Podcast Network by visiting americamatters.us. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at your favorite place to download podcasts. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers, although we think they should. But that's the opinion of America Matters Media. Are you ready? Are you ready for something? Welcome to the Reno Town Tonight Show, always local, always live at 805. Oliver X with the superstar of Janez Carter. Hi. Good to see you. Great to see you as well, everybody. Uh, all right. Talk about this background you got. I like that you're using technology. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get fancy a little bit. I'm just trying to see how to work some of these things. I mean... I love that. I'm probably going to end up being kind of good at it because I'm just going <laughs> to click everything and hopefully not break anything. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love it. All <laughs> right. We have a great show today. In our second half hour, we're going to have uh, Verita Black Pro Throw, and we're going to talk about some of the economic and cultural disparities that are happening right now with testing and access to health for people of color and people who are poor. And, um, and that's going to be a lively discussion because I think it's being underreported right now, the economic and, and social impacts of this in communities of color. Uh, but starting off the show, joining us right now is CEO of Snapdesk. It is Clint Vernon. Good to see you, Clint. Uh, what's up? What's up? How's it going? Hey, congratulations about your new company. Tell us uh, what Snapdesk is about. Yeah, so we're a business text messaging application. We're super focused on small businesses, basically small, medium-sized businesses. And we're, we make it possible for small businesses to be able to text with their customers and have real live conversations. I know a lot of us are familiar with like short code text messages. We've all seen those where it's like, yes, no is the only response you can give, if anything. This is full-on text messaging like you would normally do with your friends and family, but you can do it from a company and like everyone in the company can participate. So if one person's helping a customer and then they go to lunch... Uh, and somebody else is in the office, they can help that customer because everybody sees that same text message. Use one single 10-digit phone number instead of everybody having different phone numbers. And it's yeah. very, very communicative and very open amongst everybody in the company. And 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 then for your – it's cool because you can send out – so like in, in normal life, we send out group text messages, right? Yes, like, of course. You send out a bunch, to a bunch of people a group message, and then everybody sees the message. Everybody sees everything that's going on. With Snapdesk for a business, you want to be able to send out a message, the same message to like – 50 people. Yeah. But when they respond back, you don't want it to be a group message where everybody's seeing everybody else's stuff, right? Because they're your customers. And so yes. it's, it's a group send out, but then it's an individual conversation when it comes back in with each customer that responds. Nice. That is a texting on steroids. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> totally amped up. Yeah, you can like schedule stuff. So, you know, sometimes you, oh, I need a text message to go out tomorrow morning that we're doing this or that. You can schedule it in advance. You can do templates, you know, so that you don't have to retype the same message a hundred times to a hundred different people, stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love it. If areas of efficiency. Yeah. I, love I love that. that. He knows it's good. So, you like, he's like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. Swagger. It's I early. love I that. I got to keep my coffee going this morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Janez, tell us um, tell us where we're at. Who's who's listening to us right now? Where are we at? We're yeah. in so many places. Basically, basically like the whole nation and more. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> we're in Sparks, Ballin, Hawthorne, Battle Mountain, Ely, Amagrosa Valley, and Pump. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's get started with some tracks by local acts. This is the Grim Tones with Bad Starter on AM 1180 KCKQ. Recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. Thank you. Welcome back. Reno Tahoe Tonight Show, 1180 AM, KCKQ, where we are also on podcasts with Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Inker Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, 
iHeartRadio, and also tune in with more Being Adelaide every day. Good news, everyone. We are here with Clint Vernon. All right. Good, good. Great to see you, Clint. Um, t- let's let's talk about J- Janez. I was really impressed that they um they've already got seed funding and they're just a baby, right? Well, doesn't the seed need some love too? It does. Yeah, yeah, you got to nurture the baby. That is so awesome too. Congratulations on that. Yeah, That's- no. Thank How you so did much. you get that all linked up? How did you guys get in cahoots? Honestly, it's much more a testament to what's going on in the local northern Nevada scene than us yeah. at this point. Like, I don't know if a lot of people realize it, but the local northern Nevada tech scene is just blowing up right now. Like, there's a ton of fantastic startups that are either yeah. coming, you know, getting originated here or they're moving here from other areas. There's a lot of attraction, you know, Edon, uh, Economic Development Authority of Western Nevada. Those guys have been working really hard with the local investors and bringing companies in and setting up you know, pitch fests and all kinds of stuff. And so, um, you know, we're here because we're from here. I was, I was raised in Reno. My family was from here. My brother's from here. And so for me, I was away for a lot of years uh, in the army and other careers. And when I decided, when my brother and I decided we wanted to kick off this startup, we wanted to do it here at home. So I came to Reno because I grew up here and we just started writing code. And then (laughs) yeah, last year we got to the point where we were like, man, we're going to have to find some money or find some help if this thing is going to keep going. And it was just super fortunate. You know, we attended the Reno Venture Conference last spring. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I feel so naive saying it now, but we walked in the door not knowing anything, anything yeah. about raising money, about the tech scene in Reno and Northern Nevada, about about any of it. And we just had got started this huge education. And really, like, all of last summer and last fall through the winter, was just a huge education for us in how to do angel investment, how the angel investment works, what it consists of, what it looks like, all that. And we had some great mentors. Like the mentors, there are incredible resources here in the local community of individuals and actual organizations that, that know that this game, they know how it works, they know what to do. And so, you know, we took their advice and we followed, we followed the, the process and, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Like it's been a grind. It's it, and I think anything worth doing is going to be hard. You know, like you yeah. didn't just show up one day and they cut us a big check. It doesn't work like that. Like, no, I think I went through so many rounds of pitch deck preparation. I was like seeing triple. Like it was just your thing <laughs> after a while. You know, um, and it's true. Like I appreciate like what you guys do so much. Like being able to get in front of people and talk and do this kind of thing. For me, like you know, I was a CPA and a coder. Like uh-huh. I just sit in front of my computer, like with my headphones on, listening to music and just working, you know, like, like sure. you have a whole world you have to get out there and like get in front of investors and like, let them know like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how it works. And, you know, make your case basically. And so it was a ton of work. It was worth every bit of it. It was a great learning experience and it never would have happened without the, the, the people and the community that already exists here in Reno and is growing, you know, as we speak. So what are some of those people in the community in, that if, that you've interacted with it, maybe you want to give a little shout out or something. <laughs> well, the Reno, I saw you mentioned Edon, Brian over at Edon. That guy is a rock yes. star for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, he's huge for us. Uh, the Reno Seed Fund. You know, we actually have a fund here in Reno called the Reno Seed Fund, whose entire purpose is to bring capital to small startups. And it doesn't have to be a tech startup necessarily, you know, like, I mean, they look, they'll look at a lot of different things, you know, like. Uh, I, definitely tech is, is are technically focused companies are, are a big part of it. But uh, 
I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's companies, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but they, you know, make products and other things. They may sell them on the internet, but they actually make stuff and they look at those kind of companies too. So, um, so yeah, the Reno Seed Fund for sure has been the other big piece of that. And there's, there's a cast of players in that world. Uh, I don't know if you even want to put their names out or not, but, uh, <laughs> but they definitely are, are very, very active in the local community. So, <laughs> Clint Vernon on the Reno Top Tonight Show from Snapdesk CEO of Snapdesk. And first off, thank you for your service. My father served in the Army as well. Were you technical yeah. in, the, in the service? No, not at all. So okay. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was actually, I was a Cav Scout. I was in the cavalry, so. Oh, oh, yeah, as was my father. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, all right. Good job. Fight. There it is. Yeah, man. For real. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what attracted you to um, SMS and that space. Yeah, so we really just saw a need in the space, basically. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've spent pretty much my whole life, and my family has spent their whole life in small business. And I did it. My family has always been in small business. And then when I was working as a CPA, all my clients were small business clients. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was in public. And um, you would see these needs. There's a lot of needs, obviously, in small business. But communications, being able to effectively communicate with customers is a huge one. And we didn't start there. You know, like most tech startups, we evolved a lot. Our very first problem that we were actually trying to solve back in 2016 was yeah. we were actually, I was working at CPA and then all these clients use QuickBooks, right? And they're like, man, they, I run my company out of QuickBooks, but I have, you know, employees and I have contractors who I need them to get access to my customer information, but I don't yeah. want to give them access to my accounting information. That was right. the first problem. So the very, very first version of Snapdesk was literally just syncing with QuickBooks and pulling out customer data so that like people working at your front desk or if you have a, you know, a lot of small businesses use contractors that they, mm-hmm. they can send that, they could give that contractor access to that, like where to go notes about the customer without getting into QuickBooks. The text messaging came very quickly after that as part of like, and that's really the direction we, we, we focused on because we listened to our customers, you know, like, like the next step. Yeah. yeah, yeah Inevitable. You know, <laughs> and with, with so many companies today, that, that's the game. You know, I read a book called the lean startup by Eric Reese. A lot of people know it. And uh, years ago, and, and, and in that book, what they talk about is basically like, start with something very small, get a, just a minimal idea out to the market, and then iterate on it. And you iterate on what people want. It's, it's, it's a customer driven. That's what, you know, back in the day, people used to go out and you'd spend like tons of money and years sometimes just building and not talking to anyone. You build, 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 then you put this big bow around and you stick it out there in the world. And you're like, here you go. And guess what? Nobody wants it. <laughs> like, they're like, I don't need this. Like, you know, like. I don't need this. I don't want this. And so it was a, it was a failed stru- uh, uh, methodology for launching products, you know, technical products. And yeah, like trial and error. What's that? Like trial and error. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, so now you, what we do is we, we get something out, you, you let people see it, get it in front of them, and then, you, and then you, you listen to them, listen to what they want, and you go from there. So you do awesome. there. Yeah. Clint Vernon on the Reno Tots and I show from Snapdesk. Let's talk about some of the functionality uh, um, because I'm really excited about the things that Snapdesk can do. Let's break it down. Yeah, for sure. So um, collaborative, it, a real-time text messaging with customers. So no more short yeah. codes. That's the big one. You can carry okay. on a conversation with your customers. And uh, what is we, the short code? Uh, so that's what you've normally seen in business text messaging. It's like five and six digits. It'll be like some little five or six digit number. And it's usually those messages where it's like, oh, you have an appointment tomorrow, respond yes or respond no. Two, three, five, five, nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Exactly right. 
That's what we really think of as like first generation business text messaging. That was mm-hmm. invented in like the late 90s, early 2000s, and it's pretty yeah. much been the standard ever <laughs> since. And so now that's all changing. And, and we didn't, so, you know, to give you the bigger story, like, we're here at the right time to take advantage of this tech, but this is changing in the in the the whole world as far as like the cellular carriers, the big uh, tier one cellular carriers like AT and T, Verizon. They're actually opening up this tech so that uh, companies like us can provide real time conversational text messaging at scale, at large yeah. volume. You know, and so yes. that's that's the core technology, and that was just luck. I wish I could say we planned it like that. You know, we started out, but it was just, you know, they say like, you sometimes just got to have some dumb luck, right? And so we happened to come along just as that technology was coming into, and they've been talking about it for years, but it's just now coming online, you know? And so, so that's the big one is the real time business conversational text messaging. Um, Like I was saying before, all of your employees can be collaborative. So it's not just, you know, only one person sees what's going on. Everybody in the office can see what's going on, or even in the field. Tons of our companies are what we call field service industry about your plumbers your painters you know anybody who goes out and and, you know construction does work out in the field they need to be able to get that information right on their phones you know right on your cell phone so you can use snapdesk from a desktop but you can also use it from your phone a a, a pad like an ipad or some sort of tablet if you're doing that so you can be out anywhere working you know we have a lot of customers clients are like man my office my truck is my office you know i I work in my truck my truck is my office what can you get me that gets me to me while i'm sitting there you know, on my lunch break in, in my truck. So, nice. um, so yeah, it's a lot of that. And then of course all the like templates and scheduling stuff and all that, there's a ton, man. It's a lot of tech, honestly. Nice. You know, well, I'm wondering, you say that it makes it so that it comes from one 10 digit number. Mm-hmm. And yeah. does that mean like, instead of seeing a whole bunch of different numbers, you see that one 10 digit number. So how are you to, able to decipher who is speaking in the conversation? Good question. So, from the, from the customer's perspective, they just think they're talking to the company. And that's yeah, just, just oh, I'm talking to the company. But on the back end, on the customer, the on, the, on the company side, you know, you see customer threads for every customer. And anybody can jump in and be like, oh, this is, you know, Mr. Rodriguez. I'm going to help him out. Boom. Oh, this is Miss Johnson. Let me talk to her. You know, and so on the back end, you see different, th- like multiple threads. And they're all individual conversations. So, and anybody that's can true. sign into the app and get into it. So, nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clint, we're, we got about a minute. Let's tell people how they can d- download this app. I'm assuming it's an app, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's Excellent. an app. It's easy to get to. Any web browser, you can use it. You just go to snap, S-N-A-P, desk, D-E-S-K, dot app. We're not dot com. We're dot app, dot A-P-P. <laughs> so, and uh, you guys, if you know that, if you haven't already started to see a lot of that stuff, you're going to see more and more of it because yes. all the dot coms are taken. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get a dot com these days, especially for a small company like us. So. So, yeah, you'll see a lot of dot .apps, dot .other things. So, snapdesk.app, go straight to the website. It's all right there. You can click on trial. Because everything's been going on, we're actually giving away 3,000 free text messages right now. We pay for those on our end, but we're That's getting it out there because we've got a lot of small businesses that need to talk to their customers kind of real fast right now. And so, we don't want sure. to have to worry about that. So, uh, and we're, you know, we're, we're a $20 a month subscription. We're not, we're not a big, big, big time app in that way anyway. So uh, nice. Yeah. We're easy to jump in and try out for sure. So thank you so much, Clint. Great meeting you. We're going to have you back in a couple months. We'd love to to keep tabs on the success of Snapdesk. Congratulations. Oh, thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. First time ever I've done an interview like this. So it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys very much. You do with style so well too. (laughs) You did great. All right, next up, 
uh, Verita Prothro is going to be talking about some of the disparities with testing and um, health access for people of color and poor communities. This is the Reno Cops Medical, an important discussion. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Are you ready? We can stop. We've already just begun. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Arena Tahoe Tonight Show, 1180 AM, KCKQ. Quick shout out to Sarah Kasaka, Felix Neal, Christopher Foreman, Gabrielle Avalo, Gabrielle Arevalo, hello, and T.S., and Spencer Shea, and Michael Blake, and Tyler Little, Randy Miller, and Nuedo Duarte, Homegrown Gastropub, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oscar Lopez, Jenny Marie Cortez, Jasper Reeder, Frank G. Reno, and R.L. Jackson, Rhiannon Box, Fancy Vallis, Tiffany Martin, Adam Carter again, and happy birthday, everybody. Verita, are you able to hear us? I, I can now. Okay, good. Well, joining us is Verita Black Prothrow, uh, a very well-known um, personality and political figure in Northern Nevada. Great to see you. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Um, so we talked uh, during the break about some of the disparities in access to testing. Talk about why that's important, especially to communities of color. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, we see these ridiculous numbers of Americans that are dying. It's so disproportionate. And um, so what our leaders are going to have to do is figure out a way to bring the testing into those communities, into those zip codes, whether a mobile um, lab site where people can can walk there or where they're actually sending people into people's houses. It has yeah. to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. Folks, they're going to have to do that. For people who are older, they're not going to go sit and wait in the rain, in the no. cold, and in line to do that, and nor should they have to. There should be a way with all the wealth that we have in this country that we can get people and test them without them being completely inconvenienced. I agree. Hey, um, yeah, that may- really does suck. I was actually just um, watching this video yesterday, and there was a there was a lady, and her niece had actually her mother, her niece's mother. So I guess her sister, her sister died from the coronavirus, and they needed to get the daughter tested, but they had to take, I believe, like the subway or something like that, all the way to another part of town to be able to take this test. And instead of them doing whatever they needed to do, they sent her home. And they sent her to go home with her aunt. Excuse me. Her going, thank you so much. So her, she has a family and her mother, I guess, was like also um, had heart conditions and she had her own kids and stuff. But they wanted to send this child home with that family. So also on that end of where they're sending them after, you know, also not testing them properly, you know, something at least some kind of something to some extent of being able to get tested in mass or, you know, they can do DUI checks, but they can't swab your mouth real fast. <laughs> I'm confused how it's not as easy, you know? Yeah. 
And well, they, that's the other that's the other problem with people who don't have means. You can't go hang out in the guest house or downstairs. You know, if you're in 800 square feet of an apartment, there's not a whole lot of social distancing you can do depending on how many people are living in that 800 yeah. square feet. Right. So, you know, there there needs to be a, play, a way that they can actually re- remove some people from their environment so they can get well. So right. I don't know if that is setting up um, hotel rooms for them or something, but there's just no way if you have four or five people living at 800 square feet, they're all going to get it. There's they're just gonna- not space exactly and that's what's happening do you see that happening irrespective of color and culture with specifically the pork plant in south dakota Uh, black and brown working next to each other uh laboring in a blue collar job and 644 employees and staff got the virus uh, and one has died so far and counting this is a national massive attack against working people, mm-hmm. people of color, and people who are poor, who don't have access to transportation or health services. There's or options. 20, yeah, or options. We didn't, you know, many they people say, of you color. know what, I'm not going to work like this. I'm just going to quit. Well, where are they going to work? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Work at home options are tiny for people of color who are Very working tough. class and who have to go punch a clock, who happen to be doing essential services like um, production line stuff in, in factories, and mm-hmm. especially in food production. I mean, when, when, when Amazon said they were going to hire 100,000 people, how are they going to do that with social distancing? That's, that's, that's desperate possible. people desperate to make $18 an hour who are willing to put their health, health at risk. And so, in my opinion, we need a national intervention right now. I mean, it's, we almost need a Marshall Plan for the for poor communities and people of color because this is going to skyrocket in number. We're looking at 32,000 this morning. We're not really we're not counting because we haven't tested. We've tested 0.9% of our population. Yeah. The real number is going to dwarf that and be many times that and we we are fooling ourselves when we talk about a peak because you you ain't peaking if you haven't counted anybody. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What, how, how can you even come close to figuring what a peak would be? That mm-hmm. fewer people, they're saying, you know, fewer people are presenting at um, Hospital. the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to go by. But what if people are too sick to get to the hospital? And that's a false number. Or they're dead at home. People <laughs> who are dying in their homes, undiagnosed, and... And, and they, they might have died from the coronavirus. We, we, the undercounting, the undertesting is an actual criminal act at this point. It's, it's a criminal act of criminal negligence, in my opinion. Yeah, it's I, interesting, too. And it's definitely a financial thing, because if you think about it, I don't, I don't think I've seen. Are there any celebrities that have passed away from coronavirus? But plenty no. have gotten it. Not really. Not yet. You know, Andrew Elba, who is now better, him and his wife. Um mm-hmm. The various basketball players seems like they're fine. Barely basketball players, right? They're fine. Prime Minister, I don't know how he's doing, but I'm pretty sure he's like seventy something. Still a prince, right? No, that's Prince, whatever. Prince Charles. (laughs) Yes, he had it, right? I don't think I heard (laughs) him going anywhere, and he's like seventy, right? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. And then, you know, and then there's like these special diets that they're, you know, recommending for people who have, um, you know, organic this and, you know, organic bone broth. And those are things that you can afford with your general public. No, not if you're used to eating macaroni and cheese and, you know, ramen. You're not going to go to organic bone broth. No. In fact, it's like five dollars a package. <laughs> when I lived, when I lived in in the in the North Pole in 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 Oakland, um, the, you know what the corner store was? Your grocery store. Oh yeah, and you're eating high salt, high, high sodium, high sugar products I in fast. communities where you don't, and and you're paying exorbitant rates three to five times what you would pay. In a suburban community, because oh, of yeah. the because of the access, it's walking. Because fools are are literally pushing carts, or going on their bikes, or walking to the market and walking back. I see it. I still see it in my community here in South Reno. Uh, immigrant community of Ethiopians walk to and fro um, Walmart with their groceries, mm-hmm. several miles, and oh, they're yeah. not young. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's real. And that's what's yeah. happening. How do we how do we change this and how do we educate people to, to let people know that this is an emergency in, in communities of color? Well, one of the things that we have to do is um, so so much of it is is caused because of systemic racism. We've had things we're dealing with the, the impact of, of decisions that were made in the 1930s as far as um, segregating communities, redlining. Mm-hmm. And then not putting resources or access into those communities. So you, you know, you jam all these people into one area and then there's not a decent market. Right. Um, so they're if in anything, it's almost the area that is the bad market that they're primarily put them into. So like some place that would have, uh, for example, like in Detroit, something that's by a whole bunch of like, what do you call it? Industrial places where sure, giving off acids that are messing with your respiratory. You know, oh, or yeah. Well, that's why we have so many people still. with asthma because mm-hmm. yeah. of environmental racism. So it really comes down to, you know, how 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 do we deal with systemic racism? Because at the at the end of the day, you know, that prevents access to health care where, where people are either uninsured or underinsured. Right. Um, they're not going for preventive care because they don't. They go to the emergency room. That's the emergency room is their doctor. Mm-hmm. Marita, can you hold with us? Can you stay with us to the next break? Sure. That is excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, Verita Black Prothor with us on the Reno Tots Tonight Show, talking about COVID-19 and the black community and communities of color. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Arena Tile Tonight Show, 1180 AM KCKQ. We are here with Verita. Thank you, Verita. You're welcome. 
Yes, and she is talking to us about all the craziness going on here. Um, Verita, let's start off with maybe a little bit of your background for everybody, please. Um, I uh, have been a business owner. I was an entrepreneur for a while, and um, right now I'm doing some consulting on political campaigns, and um, mostly that's what I'm doing, just a little bit of that right now. Excellent. Well, especially like working with the political campaigns, you are probably up in it as far as knowing what's going on and seeing first firsthand what some of the injustices are. Um, oh, absolutely. And, you know, it was really interesting initially when we started seeing people who died from the virus, every face I saw was black. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. I wonder if it's the sites that I like. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm only seeing, like, <laughs> I know, right? like, you know, like what, you know, what, what's going on with that? And then I started to see the numbers roll out and it's like, oh my goodness, it wasn't just my Facebook pages that were. Well, I mean, if you, you just know, look at, you know, on TV alone, the first ones that were kind of starting to be tested were black basketball players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but now it's, you know, church mothers and families that are like whole families that are dying. Um, and that again is something that as we're talking about opening the country back up, mm-hmm. you can't open the country back up until you really address those situations. And how, okay. how do we get people who are sick, who have preexisting conditions, who are, um, that this virus really seems to attack in a big way. How do we make sure that those people are taken care of? And until we figure out how to deal with the most vulnerable, I think it's ridiculous to, um, yeah, to even consider. And nursing homes were uh, uh, the seedbed originally, especially out in the West uh, in Seattle. And there's been no lines of protection, zero policy, yeah. zero coordinated protection agenda for our seniors who served in World War II, who served in Korea, who built the middle class, who populated and made America great and strong. The greatest generation is being left behind and forgotten, number one. And number two, our prison population, which is the most voluminous in the world of any industrialized nation. We have over two million people interned and they cannot leave. I am appalled at our prison health policies as it pertains to this virus. Talk about that. Uh, Well, to to start with uh, the the nursing homes, mm-hmm. that's just outrageous. There was a story yesterday that there were 17 deceased people piled up in a morgue designed for four. Yeah. That is outrageous. Again, we're in the richest country in the world. We ought to be doing better than that. We need to expect more. We need to expect more. But yeah. the problem is, is that we, we just accept it. We just accept this. Stuff. And it's like, oh well, that's too bad. And you know, no, it, it's better. It's worse than too bad. We that need to do so something funny. about it. I was just thinking about that the other day. Probably sounds a little crazy, but I was like, what would happen if we all rose up and accidentally, on purpose, just decided to stand up for ourselves? Just everybody in an injustice moment, right? 
yeah, right. well, that, you know, is those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to think about and, and, and look at. And then as far as the prison population, that is just absolutely immoral. That first of all, that we have that many people incarcerated is ridiculous, more than anybody else in the whole world, including China. Yes. And that's just ridiculous. And then people who are in jail. Not just the prison population, right. the people who haven't even been proven to be guilty. You know right. what I are, mean? How could no. die no. From, from a virus and they, they haven't even been proven guilty. It's That's true. crazy. So we, those know, are the, we know oh. that communities of color, uh, black, red, and brown, have disproportionate numbers of diabetes, disproportionate numbers of obesity, disproportionate numbers of, of heart disease. And disproportionate numbers smoke, and all of those uh, with as far as C- uh, COPD, asthma, and all of these things in uh, uh, overtly affect people of color. What can we do to to protect ourselves health wise from uh, to boost our immune system? Well, one of the things that we're going to have to do as communities of color is really go in and help each other, help ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to start with the kids and we're going to have to talk to them about what they eat. The bad part is that we have to also, at the same time, make good food affordable and accessible. Right. You, if you have to pay, you know, $1.50 for an apple, you're probably not going to get an apple a day. Yeah. When you're spending two bucks per day for food. Yeah, SNAP. That's what SNAP recipients get is about two dollars and twelve cents um, a day for food. No. So you can't spend a dollar fifty for an apple. So we have to make good food available. And I don't know if that's having community gardens um, where we are growing apple trees, so people and fruit trees and vegetables, yeah. so people can get fresh, good food. We have to do that. We have to talk to totally. people about exercising. Mm-hmm. And not just sitting in front of the TV, and and but when you work all day or you're working two shifts, you don't want to go out and exercise. Yeah, if you're just barely making it, you can't eat organic food. So th- we have to rethink the whole way. The government's going to have to rethink the money that they're putting into healthcare if they can put it into prevention and good food and healthcare. We need health care. Everybody needs health care. Mm-hmm. Then we can turn those numbers around. The money that we're spending, um, the exorbitant amount of money that we're spending on health care, if we put it on the front end and make people healthier, then we'll have a healthier society, happier society, that's for sure. And yeah. we're, we'll all do better as a result. It's not just for this what we're yeah. only as good as our weakest link. That's so true. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip we're gonna skip that song and go. Uh, Jeanette, sorry to interrupt. Um, we're gonna skip, skip that skip that song and, and keep keep going for the next three and a half minutes, Verita. Uh, but Verita Prothro is with us on the Reno Tile Tonight Show, talking about the disparities in our addressing uh, of the COVID nineteen pandemic. And uh, it's thank you so much for joining us, Jeanette. Oh, I was just going to mention about how it seems this is just amplifying problems that were already there. Yeah. Honestly, just amplifying it on a large scale, of course, all the problems that are still there. So 
sounds like there's a lot of things that have needed to be changed, but now there's more of a need for those things to be addressed. Like you're saying, the accessibility to more healthy food and um, making people aware, but more immediately, it seems like what we can do on our own is like you were saying is work out. Is there anything else that you would suggest more immediately that people can do to maybe push forward some kind of movement or to start to be aware of what would you say is there anything more immediately that people can come together and think about? Well, I'm hoping that, you know, our, our um, athletes and our Hollywood stars will really start to push in that direction that they will, you know, put some money and time and, and um, talent into really helping us think about how, how we live. And yeah. it's not certainly not our fault. I mean, this is just unmasking yeah. um, the deep disinvestment that we've put into our urban and our rural communities as well. Absolutely. And it's just unmasking it, ripping that scab right off for the whole world to see. Yes. Yes. We, this so this we virus to, does not discriminate. And it, no, it, it, it doesn't. It, but it, it is a class not. issue. It is a class issue. It is, it is a race issue as well. Oh, oh absolutely. You know, people, people are not comfortable with that. They don't want to hear it. But you know, you know they don't want to hear it, but they're going to have to hear it. We're going to need to raise our voices and regardless of what the celebrity influencers do, we need to be influencers ourselves and raise our voices, organize and amplify. Call your senator, call your representative and tell them and demand services for the rurals and people of color and, and, and poor communities because this is going to be devastating wait we're just on the tip of the iceberg on this and i want to be positive but i'm looking at the trending and the policies and the and the complete disregard for the human yeah. life and it, it's it's oh, a well, even the, the the um the lawmakers now who are saying oh you know just give it up for the for the economy you know if you drop yeah. dead for the economy you've yeah. done no, that, that is, is crazy amazing. It is about a minute. The disregard for human. Okay, the disregard for human life is appalling. Yes, it is. Okay, but we're going to have to turn it around. We're going to have to make some good choices. We're going to have to get educated. We're going to have to educate people in our families and our churches and our civic organizations. We're going to have to do it on our own because governments aren't going to do it. They're not. Thank you so much, Farida. For joining Thank us. you for having me. I really appreciate you. Uh, very important information. Uh, this is the Reno Todd Tonight Show. We appreciate your support. Uh, catch us on TuneIn. Catch us on americamatters.us. And uh, be safe out there. Take us away, Dines. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Verita. And thank you to Clint and Neil for joining us today from SNAP. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you so much. 1188. Right. We'll see you tomorrow. Lucious. Are you ready? Are you ready for some fun? Oh, no, yeah. Are you ready? We can't stop. We've already just begun.